2 Kings chapter 12. Jehoash began to reign in the seventh year of Jehu, and he reigned for 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother no, mother's name was Zibiah of Beersheba. Jehoash did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes all his days in which Jehoiada the priest instructed him. However, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. Jehoash said to the priests, All the money of the holy things that is brought into Yahweh's house, in current money, the money of the people for whom each man is evaluated, and all the money that comes into any man's heart to bring into Yahweh's house, let the priests take it to them, each man from his donor, and they shall repair the damage to the house wherever any damage is found. But it was so that in the 23rd year of King Jehoash, the priests had not repaired the damage to the house. Then King Jehoash called for Jehoiada the priest and for the other priests and said to them, Why don't you repair the damage to the house? Now therefore take no more money from the treasures, treasurers, but deliver it for repair for the damage of the house. The priests consented that they should take no more money from the people and not repair the damage to the house. But Jehoiada the priest took a chest and bored a hole in its lid and set it beside the altar. And on the right side as one comes into Yahweh's house, and the priests who kept the threshold put all the money that was brought into Yahweh's house into it. When they saw that there was much money in the chest, the king's scribe and the high priest came up and they put it in bags and counted the money that was found in Yahweh's house. They gave the money that was weighed out into the hands of those who did the work, who had the oversight of Yahweh's house, and they paid it out to the carpenters and the builders who worked on Yahweh's house, and to the masons and the stonecutters, and for buying timber and cut stone to repair the damage to Yahweh's house, and for all that was laid out for the house to repair it. But there were not made for Yahweh's house cups of silver, snuffers, basins, trumpets, any vessels of gold or vessels of silver of the money that was brought into Yahweh's house. For they gave that to those who did the work and repaired Yahweh's house with it. Moreover, they didn't demand an accounting from the men into whose hand they delivered the money to give to those who did the work, for they dealt faithfully. The money for the trespass offerings and the money for the sin offerings was not brought into Yahweh's house. It was the priests. Then Hazael the king of Syria went up and fought against Gath and took it. And Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem. Jehoash the king of Judah took all the holy things that Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Ahaziah, his fathers, kings of Judah, had dedicated, and his own holy things, and all the gold that was found in the treasures of Yahweh's house, and of the king's house, and sent it to Hazael king of Syria, and he went away from Jerusalem. Now the rest of the acts of Joash, and all that he did, aren't they written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? His servants arose and made a conspiracy, and struck Joash at the house of Milo, on the way that goes down to Silla. For Josachar the son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad the son of Shomer, his servants, struck him, and he died. And they buried him with his fathers in David's city, and Amaziah his son reigned in his place. The story of King Joash, or Jehoash, of Judah is, I, I think, kind of sad. And um, you don't get the whole story of it here. You've got to read the Chronicles account to get the sad part. If you just read the king's part, it seems okay. Jehoiada, and we'll talk more about it in Chronicles, 
But Jehoiada the, the priest is really the reason why Joash is any good at all. So Joash is put on the throne when he's just a kid. He's just seven. And so he obviously can't run a country at that stage, so he needs help. Jehoiada is, a, is the high priest. Now, he's a picture of Jesus, our high priest, and he's helping us. And we're, picture, we're, we're kind of like kings and priests to rule and reign with Christ. So we're a picture here of the king. We're just a child. We need the Lord's help. And he does need the Lord's help. Jehoiada helps him, even gives him, get, organizes for him two wives. And um, both wives are local women. They don't lead him astray, not like you know, Solomon who married foreign women. So that's great. And uh, then he decides to repair the temple. He arranges the money to be collected, but the priests don't take the money for repairs. They take the money for other things. <laughs> so um, the king is annoyed with that. And at this point, he takes the money of the temple over. So at this point, the temple tax, he takes it into his hands. And it seems like from this point on, kings and government are in charge of the temple tax. If you go all the way through to, to you know, the New Testament, you've got people like Herod that are, that are managing temple taxes and things like this. So it's, it's quite different to you know, the Old Testament law where there was money paid into the temple and the priests were in charge. The king takes this over. It doesn't say here whether this is good or bad. It seems like here in this moment it's good because he wants to repair the temple. It's just later on. It doesn't go back to how it was supposed to be. So he gets this money box, pretty much a big money box, puts it in the, just to the right. So when you walk in, you can put money in. And when you're in Sunday school and you hear about the story of King Joash, you always hear about the boy king and his money box. But he was about 30 or 31 when he did this. So he's not a boy king. The money box is just a practical way. And it's the first time that we have a kind of like a, a collection of this type anyway, as far as I am aware. And when the money box got full, it was a two-to-count system. So the scribe from the king and the high priest counted the money together. <laughs> so the king is making sure that the priests don't, you know, that we know exactly how much money has come out of this money box. It doesn't say they both signed off, but they both were there together counting, and they obviously both knew how much was counted. And that's what churches all around the world, pretty much every church I've ever, I know of, they have a two-to-count system. Some churches have a three-to-count and I hear at peace, we've for, forever, we've always had two people to count the offering and they both signed. You know, they, they, it's, it's quite different actually these days because the majority of money comes in digitally. So it's, it's only a very, very small amount of money that comes in as actual physical money these days. There's just not that much money around. King Joash really goes off the rails and it all happens after Jehoiada the priest dies. So after Jehoiada the priest dies, Joash starts doing things that he shouldn't do, including, you know, worshipping, uh, you know, other gods and things like that. And now Jehoiada the priest has a son called Zechariah. We'll read this later when we get to Chronicles. But Zechariah is a kind of like a prophet, but he's also a priest. Zechariah goes in and confronts the king, and for his, uh, you know, for re for his reward, he gets stoned to death. So I, I just think to myself, that's so that's, that's terrible because this is the son, Zechariah is the son of the man that poured his life into Joash. And, you know, what a way to repay, you know, a man who's been a great friend and a great help. So I think it's very, very sad. Sometimes we hear these stories, you know, um, I think it, 
we, we hear stories of like prisoners, you know, people that go to jail, they've done, done a crime or something, and they go to jail, and when they're in jail, they find the Lord. And you know, some, there's some really great prison ministries. We've got a really good prison ministry here in Rockhampton. There's a really incredible prison church that meets out there on the weekends here in Rockhampton. And those Christians there are unbelievable. And the things they do, the prayers they pray, I'm so grateful we have them. Um, and probably not the example I'm about to give you isn't so much here in Rockhampton, but you do hear of prisoners that, you know, they go into jail, they find the Lord, but when they are released, they stop following the Lord. And it's like the influence of God around them helps them to keep following the Lord. But when that influence is removed, then they get influenced by whatever is around them. And this is like King Joash here. When Jehoiada is in his life, the priest, he's an influence to him and he follows the Lord. But when Jehoiada dies, that key influence is gone and he follows after other things that influence him. And we all do the same thing too to various degrees. We're influenced by that which is around us. And I think if I was ever a prisoner, which I won't be by the grace of God, um, and I was coming out of jail, you know, I'd be saying to myself, you know, I know the potential is there. And I'm sure prison chaplains say this to prisoners. They say, you know, it's easy to be a, a follower of the Lord here where you're protected from temptations, but when you go out there, they're going to be so easy to access. And so prison chaplains would no doubt be warning prisoners, but it's the same for you and I. And I'm warning you right now that there are influences that you should know about that you know to avoid them. So you should avoid them. You need to choose to avoid them. So like if you were affected by drugs, you know, and you've come out of, out of that environment, the first place you go is not straight back to, the, to that environment and those friends because it's going to be very, very hard to stay away. So you need the right people in your life to influence you. And that is why people should go to church. If you're not involved in church, you've got to get in one. You've got to get the influence in your life. And that is also why you need a spiritual father. Or, you know, it could be your spiritual father is a, is a more like a spiritual mother. You need that influence in your life, someone you can share heart to heart with, and they influence you and help you in the Lord. We all are weak, and we all need help. So, Father, I want to thank you for people in the Bible like Jehovah, the high priest. I want to thank you for their godly influence, that he's a picture of Christ to us. And I pray that we would be an influence for good on others and we would be influenced for good by others. Lord, bless and help and strengthen your people. In Jesus' name, amen.